Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayanna Robinson-Dixon. And on today's episode, I'll be speaking with singer-songwriter, ministry leader, event planner, entrepreneur, and contributing host of the Creatively Christian Podcast, Andrea Sandifer. Well, hey, everybody. I am Andrea Sandifer, and I am a worship leader and an arts ministry coordinator uh, for my local church. I'm also one of the hosts for the Creatively Christian podcast, which is a very fun project. And I am hailing all the way from Wasilla, Alaska today, which is South Central, just north of Anchorage a bit. Andrea, welcome to the Circle 31 podcast. It's so good to connect with you and have this conversation today. I'm excited. So am I. Would you share with us the importance of walking in our areas of giftedness? Yeah, I love this question because it comes up a lot in my own life, too, as I uh, sometimes get pulled in other directions and start to feel like maybe it's not an area that I'm supposed to be working in. And it almost becomes evident over time. You know, if, if you tackle something or you try to tackle something that feels extra hard or you just feel clumsy at it. I mean, not to say that we shouldn't try new things, because I think trying new things is great, but we are all created in a very specific way. Uh, We have very specific likes and dislikes. um, And with that, we have very specific ways that we were designed to live and to work and if we consider like that all the scriptures like in romans 12 where it talks about the body of christ uh the body being the church um how we all have different functions and we all serve as different members of that body and if we were to all do try to do the same thing or all try to um contribute to the world in the same ways then we'd be missing out on a lot. Um, And we wouldn't be able to help each other and grow with each other. And um, yeah, I just, I really truly believe that if we start to live into how we were gifted, how we were designed, uh, then we not only live a fuller life that uh, can feel rewarding in ourselves, but then we can bless others because we we are functioning exactly how we were intended to, so. Allowing God to, you mentioned our likes, our dislikes, um, our uniqueness, just all working together. Yeah, yeah, we, we're we such a good gift to each other. Mm, that's awesome. But what impact do, do Christian creatives have in the body of Christ and in the world? Yeah, I have loved being part of the Creatively Christian podcast because I've gotten to meet um, creative people all over the world and get to know you know what god is doing in their lives and um the impacts that they have in their own circles their own communities you know i don't i haven't really talked to anybody that's like changing the whole world but it's beautiful to see what they're doing in their individual communities and their circles of friends because that's where it starts right and so i love how each and every creative has, again, that that unique way that they uh, work or create and their unique way of presenting God's messages to the world. Like 
writing about God's love, painting about something that they're learning. You know, there's, there's a way that we can all, um, present the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And I, I was taught once that, you know, think about it. We, none of us have ever come to faith in the same way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so true. My story is so different from your story, I'm sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we were presented with the same gospel message in the same exact way, maybe one of us might not have come to faith, but praise God that we have basically a, a buffet of ways to experience the gospel. And that I think that's largely thanks to creative people who sing about his love, who write about his love, who uh, pen poems that speak about the depth of his love for us, and and that he gifts people to teach, and he gifts people to encourage and and speak into us. Our pastors, our you know, our worship leaders, and you know, there's so many ways that God sets the table in order for us to come and partake from him and to experience him. So I'm really thankful for the way that creative Christians all over the world are just doing their thing and blessing God's people through it. So. That is beautifully put. And I love how you talked about people impacting their areas of influence, their communities, um, you know, doesn't matter how big or small that reach is. It's just making an impact on every level because like you said, it starts community, right? Yeah, it starts here now. Like I think one of the best pieces of advice I was given was, especially as a songwriter, sometimes we think I've got to break in and like be heard by everyone. And no, I think that's an unhealthy focus. If, you know, and if we are, if we're thinking too big, sometimes we miss the beauty of smallness and connection. And if we can dig into the communities that God has placed us in and be a blessing there, and just let God do his thing, you know, if he takes anything that I write and puts it, you know, past my community, I'm in awe and just amazed by it. So and you brought up songwriting. <coughs> what, what, what is your process for songwriting? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I do a few different things. Uh, so when I approach songwriting, um, it's really interesting. Like right now I, I have a project coming up or like a, um, like a songwriting challenge coming up with a group that I'm working with, uh, just trying to reignite my creativity for the year, the new year. And darned if I'm just stuck and I don't know what to write about. So my plan, and this is usually how it comes to fruition is I need to dig into God's word and I need to be revealed, you know, like I need to let him show me something that he wants me to hear or see because the, the best songs, my favorite songs that I've ever written have flowed out of what he's teaching me or what he's showing me. So uh, when I feel stuck, I need to, I know I need to dig into his word and hear from him directly. Mm. And from that, then I, I try to take that idea or that, that theme that he's showing me and really try to crunch down into like, what's the meat of this message? What is the, cause you don't want your song to be too broad. Like I am super wordy and I have written songs that have like 20 themes in them <laughs> and it's ridiculous. So I, it's really good to have like a central theme. We call that like a hook or a, a foundation of your song. Mm-hmm. 
And I always like to try to write a chorus because the chorus is kind of like that drum beat, that heartbeat of a song. You know, you think of your favorite song and it's usually that chorus that's always stuck in your head. And um, and then I try to, you know, take that from that chorus once I've got something decent um, or a work, good working idea and hook. I try to write a verse or two surrounding that, not straying too far from that idea. Mm-hmm. And then and only then do I start, well, sometimes you've got a melody in your head anyway, just because sometimes just that's, I I sing things all the time. I sing phrases to my kids, like, let's get ready for bed. You know, like, there's always these things floating around in my head. So it's hard for me to remove the lyrics from the music sometimes. But one of my favorite things to do is to, like, stay away from my piano, stay away from the uke, stay away from everything and just sing it like how how does god want me to sing these words how does how do i feel like the rise and the fall of the melody should land in this message where where do i feel most comfortable in singing this and and then and only then when i feel comfortable and i feel like uh it's really uh swelling in my own heart that melody then i'll sit down and try to put chords with it and add the music so that's kind of been my uh go-to process for a while but i love i love starting in god's word and just letting him take it from there now you mentioned that you know your songs are birthed from Uh, your favorite ones are birthed from whatever God is showing you at the time, whatever he's teaching you. Um, My next question is, what are some lessons that God has taught you while you have supported others in Mm -hmm. ministry projects? Yeah, you know, this is one of my favorite things that I get to do. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning, I'm an arts ministry coordinator for my Mm -hmm. church. And um, basically what that looks like in my church family is we host what are called arts for the kingdom events and about two to three times a year we encourage the artists in our church family to create something toward an event where we're gonna put it on display and then there's a concert as a part portion of that and we all pour into this event um, usually centered around a theme and uh my job is to come alongside the creatives uh, as they work on something, as they strive to contribute to these events. And um, man, one of the hardest things I have found is encouraging someone past their self, you know, that mm-hmm. self doubt. Um, there are a lot of people, you know, especially when we started this ministry, there were a lot of people that are like, oh, I haven't painted for like decades, but I would love to try again. Or, hey, I haven't picked up my guitar for a few years. I think this is really fun. I, I think I'd like to try to do something. Or uh, a photographer who uh, has never really shared anything that they do, but they love to take photos and giving them an opportunity to do that. But with that comes a lot of self-doubt. Mm. Um and that is one of the hardest things to get people past. <laughs> it's hard It's hard to get myself past my own self-doubt sometimes. So what I have found, and I'm really thankful that God um, allows me to do this for others, is just pouring encouragement into each other. Um, man, if you have somebody in your life that can pour encouragement into you, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're feeling stuck, and not even like sappy, like, oh, you're amazing, but like, honest, truthful, you know what? 
It may not look awesome to you, but God loves your efforts. God is honored by your desire to create for him and and to try to help them see past themselves and see the bigger picture of what they're doing. And um, I think that's my favorite part of what I get to do uh, during these events. We're in the thick right, thick of it right now of planning another one. And um, a lot of text message uh, to my artists uh, throughout the congregation. And most of them end with uh, believe in yourself and believe in the gifts that God has given you. And, you know, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. And, some of them make it forward in that, but it's really hard to encourage people past their own self-doubt. And I just, I pray for the right words and the opportunity to do that for others. So, well, I'm, I'm sure that you're doing it the way God wants you to. So there are people being encouraged and, you know, sometimes in those situations, it may be someone that you're encouraged, that you're encouraging. They may not go forward this time, but then the next time they're going to just blossom and showcase all of those gifts and talents. Yeah, it's really fun. I had actually one artist had never contributed and we had our 10th event uh, in October and she finally contributed and she had been kind of waiting in the wings the whole time. (laughs) And it was so fun to watch her, you know, hand over that photo uh, and trust me to hang it up. And uh, it was so fun to watch our our uh, church family come around her and encourage her too. Oh, so that's lovely. Really fun. Um, so you're a songwriter. Is is there a song that you've written that um, has special significance uh, to you today? So you wrote it maybe a while back, but then as you listen to it today, it's like, wow, this is hitting different from when I first had first written this. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, quite a few of them do that to me. You know, you never know sometimes when you start to create something or start to write something or, you know, what it's going to do, not only for those that partake of it, but to your own heart. Um, there's a couple Psalm settings that have done that. I wrote one, um, a Psalm setting for Psalm 121 back when my kids were itty bitty and, uh, we sing that at my church all the time now. And now my kids are 13 and 10 and it it's amazing the beauty of those words and how, how much of a comfort they are. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with 121, you need to go dig into that and check it out. Um, but most recently I wrote um, a song that ended up becoming my first production song. Um, and I wrote it, it was interesting. I wrote it during a season where I felt like everything was going good. You know, um, life was awesome, clarity of mission and, you know, and our family life, it was solid. And for some reason, uh, Psalm 23, just the idea of having a good shepherd Mm kind of stuck out to me. And I started to write this song um, very much about um, if anyone ever feels like the road ahead is really broken or if you're kind of feeling in in a a place of uncertainty or um, almost fearfulness and and the chorus is it's basically a prayer song calling on god to lead us lead the way um and to be our comfort our good shepherd and it's called shepherd king Mm -hmm. and i i uh wrote again i wrote it way before um we actually entered into a season of our family life uh, in 2022, just this past year, that was very much 
Uh, I needed that song. I needed Uh, that clarity of, uh, I needed that to be my drum beat, I guess is what I'm saying. And man, I didn't realize how much I, I really needed that song. And that was the one that my producer chose to do last year with me. And I'm really thankful that God led him to doing that song with me because you know, when you, you work on a project, you're steeped in it. You're you're mm-hmm. having to practice it over and over and think about it all the time. And I'm like, man, God, you couldn't have picked a better message for me during this season of uncertainty and transition in my family. And so it really proved to be a nice anchor for the soul. <laughs> yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so I'm really thankful for that song. So, I mean, during our, our talk here, um, today, it's evident that the word of God is your foundation. Um, is there a scripture that guides your songwriting or is there like one um, significant scripture? Or are there several that guide your songwriting process? Oh, for sure. You know, when it comes to specifically songwriting, I love the Psalms. Mm. Um, I It's, it's you know, God's songbook, basically. Yeah. And uh our church family went through a project where we sang all of them. We started one Sunday, we started at Psalm 1, and we wrote settings and sang different lyrical settings um, for all of them, um, ending at 150. And it took, I think, two and a half years to do. Wow. But we were, we faithfully stepped into that, and our worship pastor led the way in that. And I'm so thankful. So, over the past, you know, five, six years, really been impacted by the Psalms. And um, specifically with songwriting, I'm really spurred on whenever the Psalms, I think definitely in 33, 96 and 98, and I think 140 something or other, but like, there's this repetition of sing a new song, sing a new song to the Lord. And that to me, it's such an encouragement to Yes, there are a lot of amazing, amazing songs that I get to lead every Sunday. My church family loves them. And they're, you know, the timeless hymns and the ones that we will always sing. I feel like they will be here forever. And I'm thankful for those. But there is this call to sing a new song and that he wants us to be creating. He wants us to be doing something new and to give it to him, to sing it to him. And again, that missional focus of if it's for him, <laughs> then any any time that it might bless me or bless others along the way is just icing on the cake. But um, that missional focus of this is for him. And so um, those verses have been really impactful. And I actually have one hanging on my wall back here uh, from Proverbs. It's from 16. I think it's verse 3. Yes, it's verse three. Um, It says, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And I have seen that time and time again. Uh, My husband would say, I like to be busy. And yes, while I think I thrive in having a lot on my schedule and just keeping spurring me on to do good things, I love to let God lead the way and just show me where I'm needed, what I could be doing with, again, within my little community, within my circle of my church family and my community and those in this area that, um, that I can be a blessing to. And 
uh, I love a full schedule. I love watching God fill the schedule mm. with things that he's calling me to do and not like I could come up with my own goals and dreams for the year. Yeah. But I love to just almost like enter in open-handed and go show me what you want me to do and it's it's my favorite thing because man it's such a blessing to do his work and to let him lead the way in that so I had I wanted to circle back to something you were you mentioned the project that your church did and you guys went through the uh, book of Psalms and you mentioned something because for those of us who are not musically inclined we're not musicians but you were explaining doing psalm settings yeah. What is that? Yeah. So, you know, you th- if you read through the book of Psalms, uh, you know, they were written in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at least the majority of them were. Um, and they don't really rhyme, you know, so they're, you know, most of our music, we like there to be clean rhymes. And uh, so what's fun about the Psalms, and yes, some of them we sing word for word and just work on the phrasing uh, so that it... Um, flows well but one of my favorite things to do is to try to take a psalm lyric or so like all the verses of a psalm so for example i did one for again 121 but then my most recent psalm setting was of psalm 8 and one of the repetitions in there is um oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth and so i took that phrase and i was able to make that what i'd call a chorus Okay. And then I got to look at all the verses around those verses and try to almost stick with that same cadence. So like you think of a song, how it's got like a cadence to it and try to retain the meaning of a psalm. So you don't want to, you don't want to take anything away or add anything to God's word. That's really important. So that's, it's really a kind of a tricky puzzle trying to figure out how to restate something. um, And, and, and get it into the same rhythm or cadence and try to capture the whole psalm text and um so psalm 8 is one uh i don't think it's even out there yet i haven't even shared that one yet it's really fun um but it and then again and trying to figure out how you would want to sing that um so when we did that project um, our pastor found a few resources, uh, people that have already written psalm, I'd call them lyric settings. Okay. Um, and then sometimes we would sing them uh, to um, a familiar hymn melody, because sometimes the the structure of the psalm, um, like the lyric setting would actually match up beautifully with an existing melody that everybody was familiar with. But more often than not, uh, he either wrote a lyrical setting or I'm sorry, a melody for it, or he would ask me to, um, I wrote probably at least 10 or 10 to 12 settings within the project and then just supported uh, the rest of the efforts. And right now we're actually going back through and recording them all. Uh, We just recently recorded, I think we were into the, well, we did 121. So we are, we are getting there. Um, those that are familiar with the Psalms, you guys know that 119 is super long, right? (laughs) So, uh, it was, it was the running joke, like during the (laughs) Psalms project, like, are we going to be at church all morning singing 119? (laughs) And what we did with that one is, and the, the structure of the Psalm is really cool for those that don't know. 
um, it was broken up um, into 22 different sections Mm -hmm. based on, um, I think, the Hebrew alphabet. So each section focused on one letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so it's kind of fun. So we actually have 22 uh, songs from that psalm alone. And so Mm -hmm. our next recording session is going to be all 22 of those if we can, if we can get it. So we only usually do eight to nine psalms per session. So I think uh, that's going to be a marathon, but so we're slowly releasing those and um, sharing those through our church um, Facebook page. And um, it's, it's been really fun to be a part of that. And uh, yeah, lyric settings and um, there, you know, you search on YouTube, if you were to search a Psalm number, um, or even on Spotify or anything like that, there are so many people that have written settings for these Psalms. And some of them are amazing. Wow. And uh, like Shane and Shane, there's some of my, that's one of my favorite groups of guys um, and the Gettys have done a lot of work in the Psalms. And, um, but yeah, I think Shane and Shane are some of my favorite song singers wow. um, or psalm singers so anyway it's it's very fun uh god's songbook is full of great stuff mm. great content so if if i'm stuck i tend to go into the psalms too which psalms is the theme of our next arts for the kingdom event coming up in february mm-hmm. so it's been really fun uh to spend time in there again and encourage our people to be spending time there to be inspired and in what to create and share so well, where can we find your music? Uh, I've got a couple things on streaming platforms. Uh, I have a Christmas album that I just recorded here at home. It was really fun, just kind of something fun to gift to others. Um, and then I have uh, Shepherd King, uh, that production that I worked on last last year um, on the streaming platforms as well. And then I put a little... Um, piano instrumental on there for Christmas this year, uh, Joy to the World. So uh, very fun to have a few things on streaming platforms, but most of my music is on YouTube. Um, Just even the things that I feel like maybe not will ever see a production studio, but I love them. And so they're out there for people to enjoy. Some of the Psalm settings I was involved in are on there as well. And uh, I can be found, I think it's just Andrea Sandifer on YouTube. I guess I should have looked that up, but (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. That's okay, Andrea. (laughs) And I've got a website. It's uh, andreasandifermusic.com. But yeah, and uh, love to connect with people um, either through the website or on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. And um, it's really fun uh, to be connected with people. And I just got a, a message on YouTube this morning, a comment on one of my Psalm settings, and it was in Spanish and I don't know Spanish at all. So I'm going to have to t- translate it and then respond in Spanish. Uh, Google Translate will help me maybe Google with Translate. That, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. Well, we'll, but we'll include links in your show notes so people will be able to click. Oh, fabulous. Awesome. You. This has been so much fun. Where did the time go? I know. It's amazing. Yeah, it was so good to connect with you. So wonderful. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Circle 31 podcast. We appreciate your time and we thank God for the gift that you are to the world. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. If today's episode was a blessing to you, visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to follow our podcast, listen to past episodes, and to read our blog. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.